A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to the Kind Parenting Company podcast. I'm Jackie Ward. And I'm Kylie Camps. Join us as we explore topics and share evidence-based information, all while honoring our commitment to kind parenting practices. This is a safe space for conversation and reflections on parenting and motherhood, designed to best support you in raising your little loves and to be the parent you want to be. We are so excited that you're here. Let's jump into today's episode. Hello and welcome to the Kind Parenting Company podcast. In this episode, I'm going to be talking all about how we can best support children who have a tendency to engage in behaviours that we could classify broadly as rough or risky when they are overexcited, overwhelmed or dysregulated in some way. Now, I should state from the outset that overexcitement and the inability to control feelings of excitement aren't a problem in and of themselves. Many kids are naturally excitable and that's actually a good thing because it's often the same children who are naturally inquisitive, spontaneous, optimistic and and fun. It's actually developmentally normal for children to experience this and it's also normal for children to engage in roughhousing or to sometimes become too rough with their peers when playing. Where it becomes problematic, of course, is when it starts causing problems for them and or for others in their life. So maybe that rough and tumble nature means that they are accidentally hurting their friends without malice, um, but to the point that friends are avoiding playing with them. These are the kids who want to give big squeezy cuddles and end up knocking their friend down. Or they get so excited about a game, they become almost hyper fixated on it and find it really tricky to disengage when the game is over or their peers finish. Or perhaps the problem is more that they are becoming disruptive to others, which impacts on their social interactions. These are the kids who tend to be too heavy handed when interacting with their siblings, in particular younger siblings, which of course is problematic when we have to be hyper vigilant for their safety. Some children also, when excited, engage in risky play, such as wildly running around without concern for their environment. This leads them to do dangerous things like potentially running on the road or bumping into friends or objects and hurting themselves. Or perhaps they're taking uncalculated risks in their actions, jumping from unsafe heights or doing silly things at their peers' encouragement which naturally is a genuine concern too when it involves their safety. So firstly, let's look at why this happens. What is going on with our kids when they're acting like this? There's potentially a lot of explanations as to why children have this experience of overexcitement, over overstimulation, you know, that results in rough or risky behaviours. But today I'm going to speak generally and suggest that there are likely two main contributing factors that explain what is going on. 
So the first is that it comes down to a lack of self-regulation ability. And the second is to do with sensory processing challenges that our children may may be having. So let's start with the self-regulation piece. Self-regulation or emotion regulation is really talking about the ability we have to monitor and to manage our energy, our emotions, our thoughts and our behaviours in ways that are acceptable and produce positive outcomes. Things such as um, well-being, positive relationships and learning. So much like the deficits in self-regulation that manifest in challenges like um, meltdowns or tantrums, which are common, um, this kind of behaviour occurs because young children simply don't have the self-regulation skills to control themselves. When they get excited or heightened in some way, the urge to run or to use their body and their hands to communicate, often with too much force, is just too strong. And so in the absence of having a more appropriate response, that's what they do. Self-regulation is a skill that we humans develop as we grow. As adults, when we become frustrated, say with someone at work, We are able to inhibit our desire to go and push them (laughs) and instead we use another strategy that we've learnt such as talking it through with them or going for a walk to calm down, something like that. Now neuroscience tells us that just like when a child is having a tantrum, when a little one is overexcited, the part of their brain that controls rational, well-planned out thoughts literally goes offline. And they cannot access it again until they have calmed down and their brain has effectively reintegrated. This is why mums will often tell me, they'll say, it's like he or she genuinely can't hear me when they're in this state. And quite possibly they can't. While typically kids will grow out of this as they develop and mature, it's also pretty common for it to persist in older children if they have um, differences in the way their brain is wired. So conditions that we might know as ADHD or autism spectrum disorders, that impulsivity and lack of social understanding can sometimes persist. But there are things that we can do to support our children. So if we come at this from a strength-based view, which is a good place to start, I think, because it's important that we acknowledge all of the strengths our children have that sometimes may be leading to this overexcitement. It's likely that they are also enthusiastic, optimistic and high energy, all of which are traits to be celebrated and, and definitely not changed. What we want to do is add a layer of learning and support over the top of these traits so that we and our kids eventually have a toolkit that we can access when they become overexcited. So the first thing as parents or carers that we need to do is to play detective. I'd encourage you to keep a really close eye on what is happening when your child becomes overwhelmed or overexcited. You want to be looking for the antecedents, so whatever it is that came before. Did they respond this way when they um, were overtired or perhaps in a certain setting or environment, maybe when they're with certain people? By knowing our child's triggers, we are able to help um, prepare for the situation. 
Be warned though that sometimes this can be tricky. It it sounds deceptively simple, but it can be hard. Often many mums will tell me that it appears to be, you know, all the time that their child's like this or completely random with no rhyme or reason. But I encourage you to dig a little deeper. Sometimes it's helpful to make notes or have a little color coding system on a calendar. Um, and soon you will uncover that there is a pattern because when it comes to our kids, there, there is always a reason behind the behavior. Once you have this information, you can talk to your child about it. Make them aware of how they act and how they feel when they're overexcited or overwhelmed. And eventually this will help them to be able to identify the experience too. And as a result, stay calmer. My own little guy, he has a tendency to respond in this way. And now sometimes he is able to say to me, oh, I just feel all buzzy, like I just want to run. And so he'll go and take himself off to bounce on the trampoline. And that's a sign that his, his ability to self-regulate when he's in this state is starting to kick in or develop. So when you are able to identify the situation that is triggering for your child, it helps to set them up for success by discussing things with them ahead of time. Talk to them about who will be there or what it's going to be like and ask them, you know, how can I help you when you get that feeling in your body? Now, obviously, this is age dependent because very young children aren't going to be able to um, tell you, but you'd be surprised how capable and aware older children can be in terms of what they need and what is helpful for them. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Another suggestion is to use visuals. So we talked about the fact that when kids' bodies are moving too quickly, many lose the ability to process language. So depending on what is going to be most relevant or suitable for your child, you may want to create a visual schedule. I've heard um, of strategies such as just a thumbs up or thumbs down. You know, if you're, say, in the park with your child and you notice that they're starting to get a little um, rough or risky, then that's a simple you know, symbol that's easy to recognize that might be a bit of a, a warning sort of sign to help them check in. For others, I've seen it useful to use a stop sign like a color chart. So green would mean that they're playing well. Yellow is a little indicator that perhaps play is getting a little bit too rough and they need to be careful. And red that they um, are at a level where they really need to take a break and perhaps do something else, which you can, of course, support them in. It can be helpful to have these visuals do the talking instead of your voice. Many kids too, we should keep in mind that many children need to actually be explicitly taught what is too rough. This comes naturally to lots of kids, but there is actually a huge portion that simply don't have this understanding, you know, pre-programmed into them. And so we need to support them by giving them a sense of their own bodies and what it looks and feels like. You can do this in a fun and playful way. I think the key with with children is to to make it fun and engaging for them. So some of the ways we can do this is have an arm wrestle with them, um, show them what it feels like to have, you know, floppy or soft arms and then really strong arms so that they start to identify that. 
Another really good way to do it with children is to um, do this with colouring in. So we can use pencils and model for them what colouring in softly is like and then too heavily with the pencil on the page and then just right or even holding the pencil too loosely sort of flops around too tightly means that they're not able to to use it properly and then just right. These are all ways children can get a better sense, you know, in their own bodies of what soft or too hard potentially feels like. Another game that is really effective in supporting children's brains to learn how to modulate input is playing like stop starting games. So red light, green light is another really popular one. Um, freeze dance parties where you put music on and then, you know, the children freeze when the music stops. This is all building that capacity to, um, to be able to have increased control over their bodies. I think it's important too to remember to be patient with your child and with yourself. These things take time, but certainly with continued support and the influence of their own natural development, they will progress in this in learning these skills. So that is the first piece um, of what is going on, talking about self-regulation. The second area I wanted to chat about briefly is sensory processing. This is another really important piece of the puzzle that is definitely important that we consider the fact that many kids may have trouble with sensory processing, meaning that they struggle to process and modulate all of the information that is being received by their senses. They may get overwhelmed by all of the input that comes in, which can then result in them becoming overwhelmed, overexcited or dysregulated in some way. Sensory overwhelm is something that we all experience. It occurs when something in our environment overstimulates one or, or more of our senses. I'm sure you can all think of a time when you felt touched out because your kids had been on top of you all day and then the TV was too loud or visually there was a lot of mess in your home and all of this kind of came on top of you and led to this feeling of overwhelm. Children, of course, have this experience too, but they often aren't able to identify or articulate that that's what's going on for them. It's common for a child that has rough or risky behaviours um, to display these when they are at kindy or daycare, preschool. And when we think about it, that's actually completely understandable. They've walked into an environment with, say, 20 plus children who are all playing and yelling which makes the auditory input they're receiving huge. Visually, these spaces are often very overwhelming with lots of toys and colours and, you know, new things in the space. The smells might be different from home. And as a result of all of this, their sensory system becomes overwhelmed and their behaviours become disorganised, perhaps loud or out of control. Occupational therapists are experts in supporting children through sensory processing challenges. They can do um, an assessment with your child and isolate which particular senses might be problematic for them um, and then work with them to develop strategies to help them cope better. So that's definitely an avenue worth exploring if this is sounding like it might be what's going on with your little one. The one stream of sensory processing difficulty I did want to quickly tap into today um, that I'll finish our chat up with is about a group of children that are known as proprioceptive seekers. So 
Proprioception is our ability to sense our own body's movements and location in space. We do this through the sensory input that is received by receptors located in our joints, which is, I think, pretty fascinating. Anyway, kids like the ones that we're talking about, those who are engaging in rough play, who are always bumping into things or seeking out tight squeezes. Um, These are the kids that will have to be leaning all over you if they're sitting with you. Uh, They're often putting things in their mouth, chewing things it's highly likely that they are actually seeking proprioceptive input, whether they know that or not. (laughs) Um, And it's this sensory seeking that can show up in exactly the way that we are talking about with these behaviours. If this is the case, what we need to be doing is finding ways to provide them with this sensory input because um, the more that they receive, the less likely it is that they will be seeking it out in ways that is harmful or disruptive. So some ways that we can do this, again, um, best to be going with playful, engaging, fun strategies. So one that is very easy and, you know, very popular with children that are seeking this input is to play a game where you can squish each part of their body. So my little guy, what we will do is we've got like a squishy yoga mat and I roll him up in that, like make him a little burrito. <laughs> and he loves that, that sensory input of feeling gentle squishes all over his body. Some other ways can be playing tug of war, um, drinking a thick smoothie or a milkshake through a straw. That's really interesting. But if you do that in the morning for breakfast, that is a great way to get um, a hit of that input first thing. Basically any pushing or pulling activities. So just use things around your home, like a full laundry basket of wet clothes is a really good one. Have them push or pull that around the the house. Um, Squeezing things, so stress balls, Play-Doh or putty. An easy one to do if you don't have a lot of space is to grab some of that putty. You can get it from, oh gosh, any toy store or even Kmart and in the putty hide little um, treasures. So they can be like little charms or sequins, rocks, crystals, anything like that, and have your child stretch the putty apart to find the little treasures. And this is a brilliant way to get some of that sensory input. And then again, children, you will know, children like this that fit this profile love jumping off things often. So having them jump off, say, the couch onto a big pile of soft pillows or cushions is another easy but very effective way to get this input. So there's a whole range of things that you can be doing. The trick, of course, is to finding um, finding out what works best for your child. And that's really only going to happen through trial and error. So spend some time playing around with these ideas and figuring out what serves your child best. Okay, so hopefully this chat has given you some useful suggestions that you can take back into your own homes and try out with your families. I would love to hear what is working for you. Um, So please do get in touch via email or Instagram to share those with us. Thanks so much for being here and I'll look forward to chatting again soon. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Be sure to hit subscribe and also to head over to thekindparentingcompany.com to check out our resources. We hope to see you in the forum soon.